said, sell what you have and give it to the poor. You know? But it was too much for his mind. If I, I bet he heard, if I sell everything I've got, I will have nothing. Ever heard it? If I give what I believe God's told me to give, uh-oh, if I give that, I won't have it anymore. You know, I think, I think Jesus was trying to protect him because his riches had become his master. They were no longer a servant and they were going to cause him to stumble and miss out on that connection with God. He wanted, Jesus wanted him to be financially free. He didn't have any debts, but financially free, out of the grasp of the love of riches and, and the choking that it causes. Um, so sad, and he couldn't do it. Oh, gosh. Don't you feel like saying, come on, come on? I do. I feel like saying, just put it, just put it in there. Just sow it. Because, you know, when you sow a seed that you've heard God say you to sow, it's not an ordinary seed. It becomes super natural and it works supernaturally and it has a harvest that is supernaturally and supernatural and you aren't going to miss out no way now it might be finances but it doesn't need to be a financial thing with seed i mean the young boy that gave his loaves and his fishes to feed i wonder if he said oh if i give them i won't have any lunch see see if you kids do that don't round the table if I share that or if I give that, I won't have any, you know. That young boy just gave it. Supernatural seed, supernatural harvest. Um, the, the lady that made the cake for her son and herself and, and gave the prophet the first one, you know, um, was oil. So it's not always money. Seed isn't always money. But the key was to move when God said i mean you couldn't have it anymore sometimes we think we hear god and sometimes we think was it really and we can talk ourselves out of it or into it but you know if, if he was standing here in the flesh and he said to you sell everything you have and give it to the poor we might think oh that's a bit different we actually heard it you know but what the holy spirit is trying to do is get the church to be financially free so that he can move upon people, particularly those that have finance for whatever reason. You inherited it or you're making it or whatever. There's an anointing upon that to do a job. And God's looking for people across the church world to move, to hear his voice and allow the Holy Spirit to usher them in to an area in finance where they're financially free and their money's doing what it should be doing. Do you think they'll miss out? No, there's no way they'll miss out. There's no way that God won't back up his word. He said, and if you, um, if you, if you plant your seed, you're going to have a harvest. Yeah. All right? Yeah. So I just, I know it's not directly into the offering, but I'm just encouraging us just to think again or revisit again. And particularly for those that feel that there is an anointing somewhere that's a special anointing, you know. You're making finances or you have finances or whatever you have. You might have lots of cars, I don't know. 
whatever it is, um, just to check in again with God. Hey, remind me, prompt me, tell me when to use the money. Take what I've got, sow it supernaturally, let it do its work. Because finances are not just for us, are they? They're to bless, it's to bless others. So let's just pray. Father, we just thank you for financial breakthrough for everyone in this room. We, we just bring everybody before you, Lord. We, we just come before your throne now. And we're just asking for a release uh, of debt and an increase in finances and seed to sow. Because, Lord, we want to be a blessing. We want to be a blessing to each other. We want to be a blessing to our community. We want to be a blessing to our nation. We want the the gospel to go forth through seed sowing. Lord, we just keep our eyes on the, on the harvest. We trust you, Lord, with what we've given. And as we give today, Lord, and in the weeks to come, Lord, just multiply because that's what you do to seed. You multiply. So, Lord, we're just praying a multiplication over our seed. Whatever we've sown, wherever we've sown it, Lord, let it bring forth a hundredfold. In Jesus' name, amen. So if um, you don't give by electronically, <laughs> uh, there is a, still a little post box up there. Would you like to expect Santa to be sitting next to you one day? Hallelujah. Well, and good for looking at you this fellow morning. Hey. Sorry, that's, um, that's a bit of pigeon. Um, from the Solomon Islands. I've got to do that when you get weather like this, you just remind yourself of a very, very warm place. <laughs> so. The, uh, the the most common uh, the most common saying that when we, we were there or we'd hear is hem hot to and it's certainly not too hot here. But glory to God. Hallelujah. Now last week um, I I spoke on a um, on the development of our, our our character in God and and the process by which God. Um, does that and as I was looking at what we're going to um, delve into this morning I thought oh hang on they're um, they're linked <laughs> I didn't um, didn't do that by purpose but um, but um, God has his way in that so that's all good but with just with uh, just a quick recap on the on the process that that God takes us through uh, it's a it's a process of of trial it's a process of, of, of us being put in situations where it's uncomfortable, where we actually have to rely on God. And that's, that has to be our, our, our focus. And when our focus is God, then we enable him to work in that situation. Uh, and you know, we know um, the scriptures that uh, looked at last week that that trial um, produces it produces perseverance it produces that that faith 
in God and that hope uh, that does not disappoint. So I want to look at something this morning um, which is, uh, it can be a can of worms. Okay, so I'll just let you know that one, uh, one for a start. I'm just about to rip the lid off. Because um, character development comes through a godly response to tough, unpleasant, unjust circumstances. And we all experience these. Everyone. Now, it might be through family, it might be through friends, it might be through a work situation, it doesn't matter where it comes from. We all experience some point, somewhere, sometimes over again in our life. But you know, there's a device that the enemy promotes that will stop character development. It'll stop it dead in its tracks. And that is unforgiveness. Hmm. When we harbour unforgiveness in our heart, it stops that work that God is doing to develop our character. You know, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 2.11 that we are not ignorant of the enemy's devices. We are not ignorant of how he goes about the, the restriction of, of, of God's people. And if you, if you read that, um, that passage, he's actually um, he's talking about forgiving in that passage before he, he, uh, he says that. You know, there's three different words in the New Testament um, Greek that, that are translated in our Bibles as forgive. Um, and they are of different strength. Now, the first one is, is um, it's sort of like, oh, forgive me, oh, you know, you're walking past someone and you say, oh, oh, sorry, forgive me, pardon me. You know, it's sort of like, yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a lower level, you know, just forgive me, that was silly. You know, that's, a, and we won't look at that one because that's fairly straightforward. But I want to read, um, I want to start in, uh, in Matthew chapter 6, if you've got your Bibles. It's, uh, <laughs> it was nice, that was the, it's actually the first song in our, in our set this morning, is uh, the first scripture that we're actually looking at. <laughs> Glory to God. Now, this is... Um, I've been reading a few bits and pieces out of, uh, out of here, but this is um, when Jesus took, well, a, a crowd followed him up onto the mountain and he began to teach. And, and, uh, and he started with, um, he started with uh, as it has here, the Beatitudes. Let me see if I'm in the right place. And yes, I am. Look at that. Glory to God. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. He starts with the Beatitudes, but um, and in his teaching, uh, he, he continues on. And uh, in one of the other Gospels, the, the, the disciples came to him and said, um, 
how do we how do we pray? Have you ever wondered that? Have you ever have you ever gone to pray and you think, what do I pray? <laughs> what do I pray? Um, and that uh, God giving us that heavenly language is a is a bonus. But it, well, no, more than a bonus. It's it's very powerful. But in verse nine of of chapter six in Matthew. Jesus said, in this manner, therefore pray, and that was um, to that question. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So it's an acknowledgement of who God is when we come to him. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So there's a seeking after the will of God. to be as it is in heaven, our experience. Give us this day our daily bread. God is concerned with every aspect of our life. Every aspect. The natural things are important to him. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now, the, the King James, I think, um, says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. You know, I've heard that, that prayer many times over many years. And sometimes I hear it and it is just so anointed <laughs> that it brings you undone. <laughs> but you know I went through a, a lot of years where I heard that every week and it was just words because there was no heart in the, in the expression of it so Jesus continues there though because in verse 14 he says for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now, I, I sort of look at that, that, that prayer. There's a lot in that prayer. and We, you know, we could really unpack that and, and, and look at all the, all the things. And, and um, verse 12 is the forgive us our debts as we forgive the, our debtors. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And then he comes back to it. Now, if, you, if you're going to come back to something, if you're going to emphasise something, that means it's important. It means that, okay, out of this, I just want to emphasise this to you. And it's a very, very serious emphasis that Jesus has on, on that, um, what we read there in verse 12. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. That should put fear and trembling in a, in, in a person's heart when they hear that. That is full on. That's not mucking about. That's serious. That is serious business. The enemy knows 
what's in there. He doesn't understand it all, but he knows elements of it. And he knows that if he can get somebody to harbour and hold unforgiveness in their heart, he's got them. He's actually got them. You know, this was a, re- a recurring theme in Jesus' teaching because it's part of the human condition to overcome. We all are faced with this. We all are faced with this at some point. Now, that word um, that Jesus spoke, forgive, in, uh, in verse 14 and 15... It means, it's the second of those three words, it means to lay aside, to leave, to let go, (laughs) to yield up, or to remit. Now, that word remit, we're going from definition to definition, aren't we? That word remit, listen carefully, It means to cancel or refrain from exacting or inflicting a debt or punishment. Now, if you think back to to last week, you know, our natural reaction when we have been wronged, the natural reaction is to, I want my piece of flesh. You said this, you, you just wait. But that word forgive, in that word forgive, it means to refrain. It means to, no, no, don't go there. And as far as, um, it's a a two-way interaction because God forgives us. So he lays aside what we've we've done. He, He remits it. Um, the other part of that word remit means uh, definition is to forgive a sin. He forgives us. He forgives us. And that's what he's calling us to do for others. You know, Peter, <laughs> Peter's an interesting one, isn't he? Um, Peter asks for forgiveness. Sorry. He asks about forgiveness and it's in, uh, it's in Matthew chapter 18. And, you know, there are people that have studied the different personalities in the 12, in the 12 apostles. And some we don't hear anything about, but John and Peter, we've got quite a bit of stuff to work on in those two gentlemen. And it's very apparent that they didn't always see eye to eye on things. You know, whether you want to call it a personality clash or, or, or whatever. They, they just, you know, there's just that little bit of angst there, um, it would seem, quite often. And uh, Matthew chapter 18, uh, it's a parable of the unforgiving servant. So, then Peter came to him, to, to Jesus, and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? 
You know, there's a, there's a, it's in, in, in Scripture in the Old Testament. Up to seven times. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Now, there's, there's, there's symbolism in those words. It, it just means, just keep at it, buddy. <laughs> if your brother comes to you and, and it's genuine, um, you must forgive. You have to. You have to forgive. <laughs> and, um, and I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what, um, what uh, the expression was on Peter's face, but obviously there was something there that Jesus felt that, oh, okay, I need to um, give you a little bit more to, to chew on there. Because in verse 23, Jesus continues on, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Uh, you know, looking at that, and, um, and there's different, different thoughts on, on you know, what, what, what quantity, what, what money was, was that. Well, it's, it's thought that a, a talent was a, um, was a year's wages. Okay? 10,000 talents. Well, you're not going to live for 10,000 years, so it's a little bit, probably a little bit beyond, um, a little bit beyond your, your, your means. He owed him 10,000 talents, but as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold and with his wife and his children and all that he had and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Well, actually, it's not possible. Not possible. It was a debt that could not be repaid. It was no possibility to be able to repay that debt. And, you know, I've... I've um, Spoken with with uh, with with people through my life um, that think that you know God's God will accept me. Um, yeah, I know I've done some things wrong, but but you know God God will accept me because I do the right thing most of the time. You know, I'm pretty good actually most of the time. It's a lack of understanding of the unpayable debt that we have in our human condition. Verse 27. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. So a denarii, you know, day's wages. So we're looking at three or four months three or four months' um, pay of money. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved, and came and told their master all that had been done. 
Then his master, after he called him, said, You wicked servant. I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. Verse 35. So my heavenly Father also will do to each of you from... if. Let's read again. So my heavenly Father also will will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. You know, we can look at that and you think, oh, that's harsh. That's hard. Would God do that? Loving God do that? Would he do that? And you know, it's a lack of of our understanding of the, of the debt that we have been forgiven. It's an unpayable debt. God is a holy God and no sin will dwell in his presence. And he wants us in his presence. So he enables us to come in his presence <laughs> by the sacrifice that he made. A sinless sacrifice that paid, <coughs> paid the debt that I owe him, <laughs> that I couldn't pay. Yeah. Paid it for me. Yeah. Paid it for me. So then how can I turn around to someone at, at, at this level and not forgive? And you think, oh, they don't, you don't know what they've done. Doesn't matter what a person does. It's not saying that the things that happen in this life are, can be great, they can be horrible. But the forgiveness that God is calling us to put out to others does not compare with what He has given us. It doesn't. Hmm. Hallelujah. You know, there's a you know there's a saying in the in the world. And I heard it when I was a, a little little boy. One of one of my family members used to say, "Oh, forgive and forget." Yeah, you just forgive and forget. Yeah, move on. That's that was the, that was the idea. And. You know, that, that has a scriptural basis because that's what God does. He forgives our sins and then forgets that they have ever happened. It's, it's a clean slate. It's wiped clean. They're gone. That's what he does. That's what he does. And, you know, that can be something that, that we can... We can understand that's what God does and if you've asked Jesus Christ to live in you God is in you God is in you the ability the grace to be able to do that resides within us it's, it's there it, it resides within us but we've got to we've got to cooperate now I had a um I had a, a couple of really good friends when I was um, growing up. 
you know how you, you have friends, you know, and then, but you, you have a couple of really good friends. Well, um, one of my really good friends growing up, his name was Donnie Jones, and uh, uh, we, we got up to some things. Um, yeah, you know, you're young teenagers and you've, in those times that was sort of, right, be home, six o'clock for dinner. So you'd head off you know, in the morning, early in the morning, and, and you, you would have the day to explore all the mischief that you could get up to in eight or ten hours. And we got up to quite a bit of mischief. Lots of mischief. And a lot of it I'm not going to recount. Um, he became a policeman, I became a teacher. Work that out. But, you know, Jonesy used to live up, up um, backed onto the bush and, and we had a lot of fun you know, up in the, in the bush and all sorts of things. And I can't remember the actual circumstances of, of how this happened, but um, Don ended up with a, a stick in his, in his knee, He'd run into it, um, fell on it, whatever. But he's got a, a stick in his knee and anyway, pulled the stick out and, and on we went, you know. Um, and, yeah, it, took, it actually took quite a while to, to, to heal, I remember. Um, he was, he was um, a little bit shorter than me, um, but he was our ruckman in, uh, in the footy, you know, the under-14s and under-16s as we went up through. He was a ruckman um, because he had this vertical leap. It was incredible. You know, we, we'd, we'd rock up to footy and, and, you know, you've got this, this ruckman on the other team and then you've got Jonesy. And he would out-jump him all day. He'd jump over the top of him all day. He was a high jumper. Um, and anyway, after that incident, um, there was a period of time where every now and again, um, Don had had real trouble with his knee. Um, it would, it's sort of like it would just it would seize up and, and he, he wouldn't, wouldn't be able to jump for, you know, it might be a week or, 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 or two and then it would free up and then away he'd go again. Anyway, this went on for... Oh, probably over a, a couple of years. And anyway, the, there was one point, and I remember this, that he, he said, oh, I've got a lump. I've got a lump on the back of my knee. And I thought, oh, yeah. And, you know, you could feel this, this lump. And, and as, as, you know, the weeks went on, it got harder and harder. And uh, anyway, he, ended up, he went to the doctor and, um, you know, they had a look at it. Anyway, they made a, an incision and... Out comes this piece of wood, about a centimetre long. It actually, a bit of wood had broken off in the front of his knee, under his kneecap, and it had worked, it, over a couple of year period, it had worked its way all the way through and came out the back of his knee. And he was fine after that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he, had this, he had this bit of wood that hey, come out of my knee. <laughs> bit of a trophy. But, you know, unforgiveness can actually be like that. It can be like something that, that initially there's something that happens 
and it, it can be painful. It can be painful. And we think, oh, yeah, okay, pulled that out, that's done with, that's, that's finished. But, you know, if that unforgiveness is there, it will actually just stay there. It's hidden. Every now and again, there will be an effect in our reactions or, or whatever, but it's, it's basically out of sight. And you know that, that saying that we have out of sight, out of mind, <laughs> that, that works in some instances. It doesn't work with unforgiveness. It might be out of sight and it might be out of your mind most of the time, but the effects of that will linger until that thing's dealt with. <laughs> uh, in Luke chapter 6 and verse 37, it's only a... Uh, it's, a it's actually a, a, um, a scripture that we... we um, use often when we, we're talking about that spiritual principle of sowing and reaping. Whatever you give out, that's what's coming back. Whatever it is, both positive or negative, if you give something out, that's what's coming back to you multiplied. And uh, in verse 37... It's just been Jesus just been talking about loving your enemies, but in verse thirty seven says, "Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Forgive, and you will be forgiven." This is the only time in the New Testament that the word for forgive um, is used or, or translated. The word that's that's, that's used in the Greek is translated as forgive. Forgive and you will be forgiven. And this word, the definition is to free fully. To free fully. To relieve. To release. <laughs> to dismiss. To let go. To loose. To set at liberty. Getting a picture? <laughs> if you will release someone, you will be released. <laughs> if you forgive somebody, you will experience all those elements from God for that action of forgiveness. It will set you free anyone want to live in freedom <laughs> yeah <laughs> I see that hand <sighs> you know I said earlier that um, you know Paul wrote we're not ignorant of the enemy's devices you can actually know something without without actually having an experiential knowledge of it, without actually knowing it. It's a head knowledge. Yeah, I should forgive. I should. I should do that. Yeah, I must do that. Well, have you done that? 
There is a difference. Now, um, most of you have known me for, for some considerable time and, and you will have, will have heard some of, of my testimony, but um, I, I want to just briefly touch on, uh, on some elements because <laughs> this is where it is. Um, as a, um, as a, a very, very young um, teenager, I experienced a number of years of, of, of sexual abuse. Um, and that has an effect. It has an effect. It can't not have an effect. It's a trauma, like a stick sitting in your knee. And that is, can be, can be ongoing. Now, it was something when I was able to free myself of, um, of that, um, that you think, okay, that's done. We'll go on living. We'll go on with life. And so I did. Yeah, I, I went on with life. I got a degree. I started teaching. I started coming um, to church. I got my life sorted out with, uh, with God again. Um, I, um, I was actually made an elder in the, in the, in the church. And this stick is still sitting in my knee. <laughs> and, you know, outwardly, all good and, you know, getting a lot of things right. But, you know, there was, there was something there that was still an issue. And, and it, was, it was brought up. Um, by one of my brothers, my, one of my brothers um, rang me out one time and, and asked me. He was really vague in what he was <laughs> he was asking. I thought that's not him, but he asked me, "Did so and so ever, you know, do anything a bit dodgy?" And that that was the beginning of a process, um, because that brought everything back up into my thinking. <laughs> And, uh, and I was very cranky inside for, for quite some time. Um, I've said it before, you know, at, at the time I was a member of a pistol club and I, uh, I, I rode a very big motorbike and I knew where this person lived and I thought, well, yeah, I could, I could jump on that bike and go over there, nobody would know. Kind of would be empty, of course, but, you know, just click, jump back on the bike and come back. It was, there were some fairly nasty thoughts going on in my, in my head and it was retribution. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was thoughts of, of um, for whatever, getting even, all those sorts of things. And I, I had a, um, an experience of... of um, of being able to, to, to be in some Holy Ghost meetings. I was 34 years of age, okay? And um, they were Rodney Howard Brown meetings down in, in, in Melbourne. And, uh, and it was, you know, it was pretty weird. Um, 
One of the one of the one of the elements of a Rodney Howard Brown meeting was that people would laugh. Nobody told a joke that people would laugh. I mean, hysterically laugh. I mean, rolling around on the floor, side splitting, out of control laughter, and it would just sort of break out in the meeting of you know thousands of people and, and other things. But um, and. Um, after a couple of days of being in, it was a week of meetings, and after a couple of days of being in these meetings, I, I, um, I sort of said, oh, okay, God, you, you, you just do whatever you want to do, because I thought it was really weird. And, um, and yep, I did laugh, and, and he did do what he wanted to do, because up until that point, I've been having, you know, these wake at night thinking about the injustice that had happened <laughs> so long ago. Um, and after a couple of weeks of coming back from these meetings, I, I, I'd realised they hadn't given it a thought. They had not given it a thought. They had not given it a thought. And I thought, oh God, <laughs> what, what have you done here? <laughs> and I thought, yeah... I, and it wasn't a conscious thing. I don't know that it was a conscious thing that I had forgiven, but it was gone. It was gone. And, um, you know, that, that outplayed, most people have heard this, that outplayed a number of years later because the, the law eventually caught up with this person because there were a number of other young, um, young people that had been... Um, affected by, uh, by him and, um, and I found myself in, a, in, a, in the court because he's being tried next to uh, a, a person my age who was on suicide watch and we were 30, you know, late 30s at this stage. Um, he was on suicide watch, a brother of somebody who had already committed suicide who was, um, wanted to tear the person apart and had to be ejected from the courtroom. And, and me, and I'm, I'm admiring the, the really special woodwork in the Shepparton District Court. Because, you know, it's, you know, yeah, old courts, they're really, they're really pretty. <laughs> and you think, it's, it's the grace of God. It's the grace of God, it's the mercy of God, and, and it's the power of forgiveness. <laughs> it's the power of forgiveness. So, in that regard, I only share that because, you know, sometimes you think, well, you, you're sharing a theory. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not sharing a theory. I know it works. I know the power of God in that. You know, a couple of things Jesus said. He said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And he also said in John 8 verse 36, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Now if you look at those, those, that, those two words, they're the same word, that word free, and you have a look at that last word that I, I um, said is, is translated as forgive and they have such overlap in their definitions. 
I mean, it could almost be the same word if you look at the two words and their definitions. They have the same elements within. So that forgiveness that we experience and the forgiveness that we, we, we give is also something that will set us free. It'll set us free. And you know, if we're free, that enables God to continue that process, that work of developing our, our, our character to be just like he is. I said it was a can of worms. <laughs> um, you, you can't lift the lid off unforgiveness. And if God is speaking, um, he wants to do something with that. He actually wants to do something with that. And you know, it, We, we all have different experiences and, and for some that's, that's certainly not their experience. Some it is. But you know, there, there are so many other opportunities that we have in this life to be hurt, to be mistreated, to be misunderstood, that gives us the opportunity to harbour an offence or a feeling, a negative, you know, that negative feeling towards another that we just sort of tuck down in our heart and allow to stay there. And we must not. And for each of us, it's the experiences that we've had. They're the ones that, that, that speak the loudest to us because they're actually, that's actually my experience. And if we're looking for inspiration, <laughs> of act forgiveness is possible. We, we need to look no further than Jesus. After he was beaten up and abused and whipped and put on a cross, nailed onto a cross. <laughs> what was his response? Father, forgive them because <laughs> they don't know what they're doing.
So we've got to get, we've got to get smart with this. <laughs> Paul said, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. And understanding the devices of the enemy is the first step in bringing him down. And God does that one life at a time. Hallelujah. And you might be sitting there this morning and, and something has been brought to your remembrance. Something that somebody has wronged you in. A hurt that you've harboured for a very, very, very long time. And that has had an effect. And I believe by the Spirit of God he wants to release that this morning. He wants to let you go. It's our decision, but it's his power. <laughs> we can't do it. We can't do it by ourselves. We can't do it of our natural means. But by the power of the Spirit of God as we yield to him. He gives the grace to be able to forgive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. So I want to give an opportunity this morning. If anything I've been speaking about this morning speaks to you and you know that there is something that you need to just hand over to God. I just want to invite you this morning. We're going to stand in a minute. If you would like prayer this morning, if you would like to partner in that, in having that dealt with, in handing that over to God, um, I just invite you to, to come this morning. So I'd like to stand. Hallelujah. 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 Heavenly Father, Lord, we just uh, we just stand before you as as um, as open books, Lord. And uh, Lord, your word you sent your word um, to heal, to deliver, to lead us into um, the truth that you'd have us to walk in. And Lord, there's no device of the enemy that you haven't conquered. So you've given the power to put him under our feet and, and that's where you'd have him to be. 
So, Father, as we, as we look to you and acknowledge you today, Lord, we just, uh, we just draw on, on the power that you give. Lord, that power to forgive. Lord, that power to be able to hand over to you. And Lord, the release that, that, that you've promised, uh, Lord, we receive. Uh, so Father, you've said that as we forgive from our heart, then that thing is dealt with. Hallelujah. 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 So by the power of your spirit, we just, we just say right now, enemy, you have no place. <laughs> You've been exposed. <laughs> and as you've been exposed, the power of God has dealt with you. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. We're going to um, we're going to have um, communion now. Can I just make a, an, an open invitation? If if after the meeting um, uh, you would like um, some prayer, if there's something that I've I've said that um, that you want some extra extra assistance with, um, please. I'll be here for some time. So, yeah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Thanks, Mel. Oh, that was so powerful. Um, I watch uh, are we on? I watch a lot of um, Graham Hood. I don't know if you know, but um, he was a pilot uh, from Qantas, and um, a few of us went and saw him the other day. Um, lost his job because situations that have happened, um, and he's estimating there's. Eight million. Oh, sorry. There's eight million estimate here in Australia that have been sexually abused. Um, the church has got to stand up to what's going on. Um, I know in Fiji where Marion is, she reckons every child or every student that's come to her has been abused. Like that's only two countries. How many other countries around the world that the enemy has had a go? at all these poor kids and thank God things are starting to move, things are starting to change, that um, God is starting to put his hand there and starting to 
um, put his hand on children and put his hand on people that are hurting and um, just so, just so, it's just so awful what's happening. Um, um, the other day I was going through my social media stuff and um, I came across Jonathan Shuttleworth. I don't know if anyone knows who he is, but amazing minister. His uncles and father all have amazing ministries. I think he's about the fourth generation of ministries. And um, he was talking about end times and what's happening. Um, and it's something he said that really struck in my mind, and it was... Um, he was talking about when Jesus turned the water into wine, how they filled the pots with water and um, Mary said to him, whatever Jesus said, go and do. And so they did that. They filled the water pots right to the very top and he said, now take it to the uh, master of ceremonies and um, let him drink the wine. And um, the... Master of Ceremonies brought the um, bridegroom and said, you know, come over here. And um, he said, normally you leave the best, you know, you serve up the wine first, the best of the wine first. He goes, but you've left the best until last. And um, what struck me in the scripture in John 2.10, it says, but you have kept the best until now. And what he said was, he turned it around, he was talking about times like we're living in now, that God has left us the best until last. He has a job for each one of us. And you would not believe, it was two or three times this week I'd seen that the best is still yet to come. So God has got to work for each one of us. Um, and in Esther, um, when Mordecai went to Esther and said, um, you're born for such a time as this, to come before the king. And, you know, we are born for such a time as this to help so many people. Um, and we can make a difference um, wherever we are and where God has put us, we can make a difference. And um, we have the victory because of Jesus. That victory is there because of everything that he's done. And um, as Tim was saying, it's an unpayable debt. We've done nothing, nothing at all to deserve what God has for us. And um, in 1 John 5, 4, it says, you see, every child of God overcomes the world, but our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. Isn't that amazing? God has given us the power to triumph over the world. So who are the world's conquerors, defeating its powers? Those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That is the victory. You know, and victory means overcoming an enemy, success in a struggle, endeavour against odd or difficulties, that's who God is. He's given us the power to overcome no matter what we're going through, no matter what was coming before us, God has given us the power. And Tim was saying on Wednesday night, we can't look to what we are. We've got to look to who Jesus is. 
We've got to keep our eyes on Jesus, not on self and who we are, but we know all things are in Christ. So if you'd like to stand. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for what you have done. Lord, we thank you for your forgiveness for each one of us. Lord, we thank you that you have given us a life. Lord, the life in abundance to the full, Lord. And whatever situation we're going through or whatever things are before us, Lord, you have a way. You know how to deal with it. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that um, because of what you've done, you conquered hell, death and the grave, that we have life to the full till it's overflowing. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Let's And it's all because of his blood. It all comes back to Jesus. No matter where we are, what situation, it all comes back to him. Lord, we just thank you for your blood and what it is doing to each one of us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you very much, Rhoda. Wow, what a great morning, powerful. And I, I just want to reiterate that offer from, from Dad that if you, if you want prayer and, and the Holy Spirit's knocking on your heart and making your heart beat a million miles an hour, don't, don't do nothing with that. Don't do nothing with that. This morning is an opportunity to be free. So take it up. All right, totally going to manage this. Hey, Quinn. I have some announcements. So, this week is quite a quite a uh, an event-filled week. Eventful, you could say. Uh, on Monday, we have playgroup. Playgroup's back, and it is here. Playgroup's back, and it's here. By here, I mean at the church from 9.30 until 11.30. Yeah, put that there. That's a good idea. Women's Night is happening on Tuesday. Tuesday, Women's Night, 7.30 till 9.30 at Coral's house, which is also Tim's house, which is also the Maxwell's house. Uh, they're all the same thing. But the address is 19 Old Bridgewater Road. If you don't know how to get there and you've got an Apple uh, Apple Maps on your phone, just put in Maxwell Road. That will also take you there, funnily enough. A story for a later date. Uh, all right, Wednesday. Uh, something happening on every day. Yep, that's a good idea, Poppy. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday. This Wednesday is women are meeting at the Beechworth Bakery. All right, so... Um, if you're not plugged into the women's ministry yet, there's a little activity that happens on Wednesdays uh, at 10.30 at the Beechworth Bakery. That is a hive of activity. I tell you, if you want to have your character challenged uh, for um, in, this, in the area of finding a park, please go there for lunch today. 
you will have your character challenged. Uh, you got to get creative at that place. But on on Wednesday at 10.30, I'm sure you'll be fine. <laughs> okay, <laughs> maybe you'll also have your character challenge then. Uh, <laughs> and also on Wednesday here at 7.30 p.m. is our weekly prayer meeting, which is a powerful time to get together and... Um, and get into prayer. Some cool things happen on Wednesday night here at prayer meeting. Um, Thursday, man, God, something happening every single day until Thursday. Um, there's actually also a parents uh, or it's a, it's a prayer meeting for the school, specifically for the school. So that happens uh, here, I believe, in in the William Room, which is that room if you follow my finger that way, just through a couple of walls there. Um, that's for anyone who would like to exercise some prayer and uh, and pray for specific things within the school. So that's really powerful. There's some parents that uh, are there as well, and um, that group has specific things from the school that, that you can attack with some prayer, which is fantastic. All right, that's just this week, <laughs> but don't worry. Um, upcoming, let's project a little bit further into the future. Um, we've got some food handling certificate training days. We've mentioned those a couple of times, but um, what they'll be, the purpose of that is uh, we're going to have some opportunities to serve our school and our community. And those food handling certificates are going to be required if you would like to be serving uh, with food, funnily enough. It's connected, food handling and food. So um, I just wanted to connect that that purpose. It's not just to upskill and you feel like you want to have a food handling certificate. You, If you uh, sign up to that, then you'll probably be put, uh, put to work, um, which is good. Which is good. Um, so please see Mel if you are interested in getting a food handling certificate to handle some food that will be a blessing to uh, to somebody. All right, almost done. Um, two last things. Our website holds all of our Sunday morning service recordings. It holds them all in its digital hand. And you can go and listen to them if you would like to relive a moment from a Sunday morning service or if you weren't there, please go to the website and you'll be able to find recordings of our services. One last thing, our monthly newsletter is now in physical form as well as digital. We, For all those who uh, are on the line, the World Wide Web, um, you and have an email, you'll get it emailed if you've signed up to it. But it's on a piece of paper out in the foyer. So if you are not on, on the line, <laughs> please go and get a piece of paper and you will have it in front of you. All right, that's enough from me. Thank you again for coming out this morning. The kids are bearing physical things I see and I bet you they had some fun times out there. Uh, Again, if you would like prayer, come and see Dad. Otherwise, we'll see you at one of the many things that are happening or next Sunday morning. Thanks.
comfort us in.